Hello, everyone. This is Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Welcome to the One Bitcoin Show. Today is September the 10th, 2020. Strong hand, long-term thinking, offended by selling. Andy Hoffman is here today. The first part of the show, 10 minutes of it, Andy had a really hard time getting on. So I cut that off and it's going to start a little abruptly now, but I gave you the proper info. So all you guys listening at sportsmeister.com, thanks a lot. I really appreciate the podcast support. Spread the word, TechBall, T-E-C-H-B-A-L-T. Here's the show. Bye-bye. So let's just, let's keep, let's start talking about uh, what's okay. going on in the world today. Let's talk about uh, the DeFi real quick here. I got a, I got a quote. I was just emailed. Uh, well, first of all, here there, there was a well, okay. We're, well, there was a question for you that's a, a legitimate question. We'll get back to it in a second. Okay. But here, let's let's talk about the DeFi. I was emailed this right before the show from CoinDesk of all people. Okay, the future of DeFi is here. The DeFi economy won't wait for you. We invite you to attend CoinDesk Invest Ethereum Economy on October the fourteenth, twenty twenty. This virtual event experience. We'll explore the road ahead for staking, sharding, and decentralized finance as the world's second largest blockchain undergoes the beginning steps of a multi-year overhaul. And Vitalik Buterin is going to be the main speaker there. This is Coindesk that is promoting this, okay? So when my take on this is this DeFi thing, as I've said many, many times, it's just getting started. Uh, they seem to be big fans of Ethereum over there. And... A lot of you know people can say what they want to, about DeFi and Ethereum, but this is one of the major uh, megaphones in in the mainstream uh, cryptocurrency space. So if they're clearly all in on this, I think we're in for quite a ride here. So what is your take on uh, DeFi and Ethereum? Wow, that, I had to just go through all that just to get on here, and then bam, the big question comes right at me. Yeah, there's so much. There's so much uh, to talk about here. I mean, I think. The biggest uh, story here is that the world, we, you know, we talked about the other day, I said that all, the rash, all rationality has left financial markets. And uh, you can call it that the Federal Reserve, uh, all the money printing, the manipulation, all that has just changed the nature of everything to the point where there's no analysis anymore. I mean, I'm, I'm a CFA and, you know, that business died long ago, rational stock analysis, because it's all about... Um, basically the money printing and manipulation, now it's become social media and memes. Uh, when it comes to DeFi, it honestly almost makes ICOs look smart. Uh, ICOs, it was a risk that someone would take your money and not do anything uh, with it. In fact, it was a 99% risk, but at least it, it was sort of rational if you believed that someone had a good idea. In this case, the idea itself is ridiculous. Uh, you know. It, most people, including myself, had the strain to really think, what is it exactly that they're talking about that they're so excited about? DeFi, of course, stands for decentralized finance, but it's not in the slightest way decentralized, and there's not a shred of finance going on. Uh, all it is is basically, I mean, it redefines Ponzi scheme because every one of these things is an, is an exit scam, and every single one of them, people are, quote, yield farming for things that are inherently worthless. I mean, we just saw how many uh, during last week, like a hundred of these DeFi tokens dropped 95, 98% in a day. Like, why would you want to mine something that has no value, that has no track record, and that you can see, like already there, people are back in these things trying to buy yield of things that are worthless. Now, if you could somehow figure a way to yield Bitcoin, Maybe that would be great, especially if you could yield it by staking something less valuable. But you can't even yield Ethereum with this. Uh-oh. Andy. I think Andy uh, went away there. Andy, your sound. You're, you, you went off there. Oh, no. Not again. All right. There you go. I can hear you now. All right. You said you can't even mine oh. Ethereum. You can't even... Uh, you can't uh, get even. Yeah. You can't even get Ethereum. From Sorry, that. Adam. Now the sound left again. Hang on. Can can Hello? you hear me now? Yeah, it's. I think your connection is a little bad now. It says, but can can you hear me? I don't even know what to say anymore. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. You got oh, you, you got me. I can't hear again. All right. Hang on. Testing. Hang testing. On. All right. Your sound. I can sound. Yeah. 
we're we're still here we're still here all right uh let me let me send you it all right he left he'll be back oh we were in the a, a exciting moment there i'm here yes all right sound left again yeah wait can, can you hear me now i hear you now sorry nothing i could do you wait you can't hear me now oh good good all right you're good yeah i'm good I'm all right good. so people talking about you were saying you can't even uh get ethereum from the DeFi. you yeah you i mean you you have to stake ethereum uh, or bitcoin to get something of lesser value and the things that you're staking are things that really have no value and a few of them have you know done better than others but you as you saw last week most of them collapsed and lost all their value and sure enough people are at it again i mean what i've been watching it's been really remarkable you know i'll go over the big bitcoin stories of 2020 uh in a second but we're in a world right now where it's an altcoin mania but only for a handful of altcoins it's there are now 7000 of them i think last year there were 5000 and probably in 2017 there might have been one or 2000 and really only a handful of them are getting all of the money, but none of them are doing anything for anybody, but that's what people are speculating. And right now, it's been the last, I would say 10 to 12 days. Bitcoin, you don't even need to look at Bitcoin. Bitcoin is following Ethereum tick for tick. And when, when Ethereum goes up, Bitcoin underperforms it. And when Ethereum goes down, it outperforms it. But net net, the world is caring only about a handful of altcoins. They care about uh, text, care about a handful of old coins. DeFi is the center of this mania, but DeFi is probably the worst of all the Ponzi schemes and worthless things that have come to crypto. And in time, it will go away just like the rest. All right. I want to remind everybody, pound that like button. And uh, did and oh, and here it again. It's, it seems like there must be something loose there. Sound again. It, it, it must be something, something loose on your end. No. It, it's also your connection is poor, it says. Could have something to do with that. All right. There we go. Yeah. It's like I keep losing sound and then I have to come back in. Oh, it's you're losing the connection, it, it seems like, too. It, uh, it's, well, it's, I, left it I left it because the sound went and I couldn't get it back. And all right. So you, 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 you hear me at least. Yes. Now um, I hear you. This, yeah. is, uh, this is Andy's last uh, podcast before he turns 50. So we all have to wish him a happy birthday. Too. And I've done, I've done hundreds of podcasts and I've never had one with this much trouble. <laughs> hundreds. It, you're going out like a lion here and uh, or it, it's, 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 it's rough on you. Don't worry. I mean, sometimes you've, okay. So, so let's continue. So you say it's following Ethereum. The price of Bitcoin is following Ethereum. Yeah. Uh, one, one thing that you pointed out to me off, off air before is that when, it, when Ethereum has crashed during the last week or whatever, when both of them have crashed, Ethereum has definitely lost value in terms of Bitcoin. I mean, oh, yeah. But as you see, once it rebounds, it, it gains value versus Bitcoin. And it's basically it's it's what I see is and I I, tech, I, I tweeted this a few weeks ago, even before this this kind of weird correlation came about that sentiment. Despite even getting to 12,000, and maybe look, the day that we pumped to 12,000, it was very exciting. But I would say sentiment in the Bitcoin uh, sector, despite all the great things going on in the backdrop, is very, very weak right now. It's incredibly bullish that we've been maintaining this incredible over $10,000 for so long in such a, a weak sentiment environment. Well, are you saying it's weak because I yes. think you're putting it in perspective with the Ethereum sentiment? I think you're just comparing it to that. If the, if the Ethereum DeFi stuff wasn't there, I, I think you would say the, I mean, I, I don't think that there's a negative sentiment toward Bitcoin at all. I just oh, think- no, I, I think the investment community largely at the moment has little real interest in it. They're too, they've been too busy focusing on altcoins and tech stocks and, uh, and Bitcoin has been climbing a wall of worry for, for months now. But my point is that because the way I see it, there's so little supply out there now after the halving and with the big buyers out there, uh, having very little real excitement, really no FOMO with the exception of maybe a day or two here or there. It's been uh, amazing. It's just showing that slowly but surely uh, the, the the network is building and demand's building. But there's no, there's, I mean, if you talk about altcoins being in a mania, to me, Bitcoin and gold for that matter are the complete opposite. There is very, very little interest, which is extremely, extremely bullish for the future. And, and when we, and if you'd like, I'm going to list 
uh, my big stories of 2020, which will put into perspective how crazy it is that people are so excited about yield farming uh, for yams as opposed to Bitcoin. Well, they're gamblers. I mean, that's the 80 percent mentality. Most people want to gamble. Most people don't have long term thinking. They want the latest and greatest, hottest thing. And that's what uh, it's the flavor of the month. It's more than the flavor of the month. This DeFi stuff It's going to be the flavor of uh, the next uh, eight to 10 to 18 months, uh, perhaps. Now, wait, before we get into uh, the, the 2020 uh, summary here, there is a question that is a, a practical question from Ride Fast Jump. Oh, <laughs> All right, I'm the only one in the meeting, it says. All right, all right there you go. Hey, just uh, keep your, Andy, what you can do, yeah. I think keep your keep your video off, keep the video off. It's it's your connection that keeps, keep keep your video no, off. No, I'm, I'm taking the video off because the sound keeps going off and, and the only way I get it back is to get is to go out and go back Yeah, in. but just keep, I think we should experiment with the video off just okay. for a little bit. Yeah. I could do that, okay. All right, so uh, my there's a, a practical question from the an audience yes. member. Ride, uh, ride. What, what's this? I, let me get let me get it again. Um, yeah, ride fast, jump in high. Four twenty. What exchange is the best option to turn the MWC crypto dividend into uh, Bitcoin? They all seem kind of shady. I told them, yeah, they are all shady. But uh, is is there still an option? I can't. I mean, it's it's pretty amazing. Someone's held it on for this long. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, and, and even if you held on this long, if you got it free, great. In fact, it's even more than when I started talking about it. The only time I actually told anyone to buy it was when it was like 0.0001. But now I'm begging people to sell because, the you know, you see what's happening in the community. They are desperate. So the uh, dev team, it's really just one or two guys, are giving away the entire dev fund, 2.3 million MWC which uh, it'll be as of, um, I think, Wednesday or Thursday. So it's going to just, it's just going to be an avalanche of selling. If you're going to sell, there's only two exchanges where anything goes on. One is trade over. The problem is you have to send it by this weird file method. You can't send it normally. And most people can't do that. Plus, there's very low volume there. So you really have to go to BitForex. That's where all the real volume is. Most of it's fake, but that's the only real trading. And that you, it will require 5,000 confirmations because the the uh, the hash rate is so low, that takes about three and a half days. But that's the only real way you're going to sell, and uh, do it quick because Luigi is the only buyer and Luigi is the only miner right now. All right, you got a, you got some uh, altcoin uh, info there. Thanks for that question. Remember, people, you can ask questions of me, of Andy. That's what the Thursday show is all about. Somebody out there has met me in Long Beach. LSG is in the house. Hello. Yes, I loved being in Long Beach. I hope to return there. They've got a great community. Uh, Gaston is awesome and Robert is awesome. Everybody's awesome in Long Beach in the house. All right, Andy, let's go back. We're, we're, we're going to talk about Bitcoin in a second, but with the Ethereum, because you're not a, you're not a fan of Ethereum here um, or, or, or what's going on. But do you believe um, at, do you believe the price will continue to rise uh, for the foreseeable future with, with all the hype that's out there? Well, you know, it's funny, you know, in all the years that I've been in the sector, I've spent very little time talking about Ethereum. It's just kind of one of these things that you observe. I've never had the slightest interest in owning it. Uh, I've observed all the things that it's done, uh, the growth, the problems. And, um, you know, I mean, I've always thought that almost all coins are worthless. Now, I, I, you know, I remember at one point I said 90%, then I took it to 95. Now I'm at the point where I'm 99.9. There's gotta be something that's worth something out there. But right now, I don't see a single coin that's worth anything. Ethereum was always a mystery because it's so complex. And does it really do things um, that that Bitcoin can't do? And I suppose uh, maybe uh, some of the things it does, Bitcoin wouldn't want to do. But the net result, you know, when I see people talk about, well, you know, the, the tech is really exciting and one day it may turn out to be something amazing. I just don't see that. I really don't see it. I see it as, um, I, you know, I don't even write much anymore. The last article I wrote was Ethereum is a plague and Bitcoin a divine blessing because the more that I see this, the more I think about that throughout its history, all it's done is damage. Uh, it's, it seems like anytime there's something terrible going on where people lose a lot of money, it's because of Ethereum. Uh, it's incredibly centralized. It's made tons of mistakes. There's so much hype around these things they're going to do, which, which probably wouldn't be positive even if they do. Ethereum 2.0, yield farming, ICOs smart contracts all uh, the gas fees all these it's everything about it seems like if you touch it 
you know, you, you know, you'll lose money in some way, shape, or form. And I think that ultimately, maybe it'll get better. Maybe it'll become something useful. Right now, I see it more as just a plague because not only is it causing people to lose money, but it's also detracting attention. If the, if all the attention was in Bitcoin, we could move faster. Uh, but it'll be, uh, you know, Ethereum. As long as people are, are going to be speculating, they'll 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 buy it. And there's always going to be someone that believes that Ethereum is the next Bitcoin. And tech people love to believe that because it's so complex that it must be accomplishing something. But right now, I just think it's more of a distraction, and um, I really don't care either way. It'll probably go up, but someday something terrible might happen to it because it seems to everything that it touches seems to, to cause bad things. It should should be uh, should be interesting to keep our eyes on that. I, of course, say Ethereum is the next Ethereum for what it's worth for those people. All right, people, remember, if you have questions, you got to type in Bitcoin Meister or do a super chat. I see a lot of people talking that I, I can't read the whole entire chat. Um, you, you just got to get my attention with it. With it. That's how you ask a question. Type in Bitcoin Meister or do a super chat. It, it changes colors and then it gets my attention. And it's it's totally awesome. Uh, before we go into your uh, your big events of the 2020s, uh, when when we were having technical difficulties, I brought up I brought up yesterday's show and how off air I said to you that I thought it was great that uh, Barry Silbert got on CNBC and we're living in this awesome time now where CNBC wants to cover uh, a crypto guy buying a crypto exchange that's in Africa and Asia. And you you had a very interesting take on why you thought they had Barry on the show. Do, do you remember what you, uh, you said to me? Oh. And you there? Oh Lord. Andy Hoffman. Oh, he went off again. All right. All right. You're back. Yeah, I'm back and I heard your question. Yes. Um, so yes, I think it's a no brainer what happened. I mean, Barry Silbert paid a huge amount of advertising money into CNBC. And obviously part of the deal was we'll give you a um, an interview, right? Yes. And it's funny yeah. because the thing that they picked, I mean, if they really wanted to, to do something useful, they'd say, wow, Barry, your DCG is now, you know, one of the two or three biggest Bitcoin holders in the world. You're you're buying more product, more Bitcoin than is being produced. You're investing a hundred million dollars in Bitcoin mining, but instead they're like, let's talk about some dumb little exchange you bought that nobody's heard about. Like, you know, typical CNBC. The bigger issue, by the way, which I'll, I'll bring up in my list in a second, is that Palm today uh, in, in interviewed Kramer on CNBC talk about Bitcoin. That would be interesting. Oh, man, he's got a lot of 80 percenters that blindly follow him. He's an 80 <laughs> percent. That dude, man, I, I would not listen to a Whew, that that's some mainstream stuff. But hey, that's great that, um, you know, anyone's welcome here. If he really bought Bitcoin, that's good for him. And I do hope he mentions it to his impulsive, uh, whew, very, very mainstream uh, type of audience. He, he He's a million miles a minute. All right. So give us your uh, you want to talk about your, your 2020 events here. It's, it's been a crazy year. Remember, uh, just in case uh, you can't say the, the name of the. Uh, the plague that's going on because YouTube doesn't like the name of the plague. That's not on my list at all. Okay, good, good, good. That's just that's just the great accelerator of all of these trends. Probably a lot of these things wouldn't have happened if it weren't for that thing. So um, I actually, um, in in some ways, we should thank it because we probably it probably will uh, increase or accelerate the adoption of Bitcoin. But anyway, the reason I brought it up was simply I, I just keep thinking about and what I was saying before how right now in the crypto space. Uh, Bitcoin has really gone up lately, mostly on the coattails of altcoins because, hey, uh, you know, people are speculating on altcoins. So money goes into space and some goes into Bitcoin. I mean, that will change, of course. But consider this to me. And I've been again, I followed this gold forever and, and Bitcoin. Right. Fundamentals for Bitcoin have never been better. And the news flow. I mean, you think about 2017, 16, even 2019. None of these things were around and people were, were more excited. But look. Here's what's going on in 2020 with people not particularly interested in Bitcoin. Okay, the hash rate, Adam, do you know what the hash rate is compared to what it was in 2017 when we hit $20,000? I do know on your Twitter feed, you always, you give us updates, follow Andy below. His Twitter is linked to below. Yes, him. yes you're always well, happy about it. 
Well, yes. When we hit twenty thousand dollars in two thousand seventeen, the hash rate was one twelfth what it is today. It is twelve times the hash rate today as it was just three years ago. Not even three years ago. So that's number one on my list. Second, we now have sovereign nations publicly mining Bitcoin. Last week, Kazakhstan announced they're spending seven hundred million dollars, and no one had even talked about Kazakhstan. We know Iran and Venezuela are there, and today I just read that the Ukraine has a large hash rate. So anyone who thinks that China controls uh, mining, no, we're rapidly decentralizing, and we're talking about some major, major institutional entities that are joining. Uh, you know, one day soon we'll find out how much Fidelity, by the way, is mining, since we know that Abby Hoffman, Abby Hoffman, Abby Johnson <laughs> has been dollars, and we're just three months after the third having, as well and no one seems to be caring about this, we're closing in on the potentially explosive growth of the stock to flow model. And whether you believe in that model or, or not, we all know that that a year after the 2012 and 2016 hash rate uh, halvings is when the price exploded and we're getting close to that right now. Uh, we also, yeah, the Fed nearly doubled its balance sheet in the last six months and promised zero interest rates for five plus years and unlimited QE. The dollar has weakened to multi-year lows despite all nations dramatically expanding money printing and Goldman Sachs with as much to gain from continuation and we're just three months after the third halving. As well, and no one seems to be caring about this, we're closing in on the potentially explosive growth of the stock to flow model. And whether you believe in that model or, or not, we all know that, that a year after the 2012 and 2016 hash rate uh, halvings, is when the price exploded and we're getting close to that right now. Uh, we also, yeah, the Fed nearly doubled its balance sheet in the last six months and promised zero interest rates for five plus years and unlimited QE. The dollar has weakened to multi-year lows despite all nations dramatically expanding money printing and Goldman Sachs with as much to gain from continuation of the monetary status, of the monetary status quo as anyone says the dollar's days as reserve currency are numbered. We've seen explosive growth in Bitcoin demand from retail products like Cash App, Square, and Robinhood. Equally explosive growth, as I said before, at DCG, which is currently buying more Bitcoin than mining production, in doing so becoming one of the largest BTC holders and mining and spending now $100 million on mining. Ditto for BTC retail products. Oh, I already said that one. And massive now, massive institutional adoption gains catalyzed by, oh yeah, the OCC, that's the Office of the Control of the Currency, approving banks as crypto custodians. Fidelity's established itself as a crypto custodian, but as anyone says the dollar's days as reserve currency are numbered. We've seen explosive growth in Bitcoin demand from retail products like Cash App, Square, and Robinhood. Equally explosive growth, as I said before, at DCG, which is currently buying more Bitcoin and mining production in doing so becoming one of the largest BTC holders and mining and spending now 100 million on mining. Ditto for BTC retail products. Oh, I already said that one. And massive now, massive institutional adoption gains catalyzed by, oh yeah, the OCC, that's the Office of the Control of the Currency, approving banks as crypto custodians. Fidelity's established itself as a crypto custodian and is launching a huge Bitcoin fund. Paul Tudor Jones, the most famous manager of our time, took a, bit, a BTC position. And other major hedge fund managers who would never have dreamed of buying gold, like Ray Dalio and Stan Druckenmiller, have huge gold positions now, and it's only logical that they move to Bitcoin next. Warren Buffett sold all his bank stocks and bought a gold miner and Japanese trading companies, clearly worried about the dollar. Buffett is, you know old uh, Warren Buffett is? Yeah, everybody knows who he is. <laughs> no, do you know how old he is? Oh, how old is he? Almost 90, or he is He's 90. 90. And you know how old his right-hand man, Charlie Munger, is? Old? I don't know. 96. Whoa! Whoa, whoa. Yes, and pretty soon someone who is not those two guys is going to have to manage the $140 billion of cash on their balance sheet, which is close to what Bitcoin is worth. Okay. Then we have today, I talked about uh, Jim Cramer, but that's just, it, it's just more mainstream people that are talking about it. If he starts talking about it, it will matter, even if CNBC's ratings are not what they once were. Okay. And then of course, oh yeah, MicroStar, a 1 billion market cap NASDAQ listed company invested $250 million or a quarter of its entire market cap 
in Bitcoin to buy 0.1% of all the Bitcoin that will ever exist. Other small companies that followed opened the door for Bitcoin to be a corporate region in the United States. Which brings me to the Coinbase IPO. If it even gets done because they may be acquired beforehand, which will be a huge watershed event for mainstream crypto because then people will have a way to, to follow crypto and to invest in it on, on Wall Street. And of course, behind that will become the, the Bitcoin ETF. We all know it's coming. It's just a matter of time. And then, of course, there's Caitlin Long's Avanti Bank, which is getting close to being getting its charter to be the first crypto bank. And once that first one goes, there's going to be many others behind it. Then in technology, we're talking about all these new Bitcoin technologies that no one's really paying attention to. Liquid, Stripe, Zap. Everyone knows the, the Lightning Network is exploding all these multi-sig storage options, uh, which, are, which are becoming available. And of course, the imminent network upgrade to Taproot Schnorr, which will be a huge deal for scaling and privacy. Uh, and then, of course, we have all the social political chaos heading into this crazy. And of course, the fiscal and monetary stimulus we'll see heading into it. And uh, and last but not least, Wyoming is likely to in, to um, elect a Bitcoin hodler, an official Bitcoin hodler to the Senate. We have guys like Tom Emmer in Congress. So more and more in the political world, we're seeing Bitcoin uh, get mainstream adoption. And this is at a time when people are focused more on DeFi. Well, it's eight. Hey, people want the flavor of the month, man. That's that's what's going on. Coindesk is having events based around it. It is it's the new flashy thing. And I I I'm I've seen the I saw the last flashy thing. So did you. ICO. It comes and goes. But yeah, you gave you gave the lowdown there on the Bitcoin. The fundamentals. Those are some incredible fundamentals there. Uh, from from Caitlin Long to uh, to MicroStrategy. All right, you there still, Andy? Yeah, I'm here. I had to go off and come back. That's all, all right, good. Don't worry. I just gave a summation of what you said. Now, what you uh, one thing that you didn't talk about there <laughs> that's been in the news. Uh, and by the way, of all those news stories, well, I'm I'm biasing this question. MicroStar. Uh, <laughs> okay, you think MicroStrategy <laughs> micro was the biggest one? That's what I was going to say. MicroStrategy was the biggest. Well, one. I'm saying that you you say that's the biggest, but yeah, to I, me, there are so many big ones there. I mean, huge ones. If you told me uh, um, even six months ago that that major hedge fund managers would join, or that Warren Buffett would be buying gold, or that uh, that you know Fidelity would be establishing a Bitcoin fund, I mean, and then of course what the Fed did. And that Kazakhstan would invest $700 million and talk about it mining. I mean, these are all massive events, massive. It's a, the Warren Buffett thing really though is, it's not Bitcoin. It's, I mean, it's gold. It's, uh, well, mean, it's it, not even gold. It's not even gold because he bought a crappy gold miner. I mean, and uh, Barrick really is a bad company. And, and as everyone knows who follows me, I don't believe in gold anymore. I think it's obsolete. And I also believe that miners uh, are the worst well, I mean, I was in the mining business. It's the worst possible investment because even if even if people are right, even if Peter Schiff is right and gold goes to ten thousand, fifty thousand dollars, who knows what the number is? The second anything like that happens, they'll just confiscate the mines, and that's part of the reason why the gold miners don't go up that much because they they know the investors that that would never that you know you're never going to have mining just be some separate private entity if gold ever became a big monetary asset again. But the point is with Warren Buffett that's so important is that he he doesn't it's not even just a hint that he doesn't like the dollar. He's actually saying, I am scared for the dollar. I am scared for the inflation that's coming. And that's why I'm doing this. And knowing, as I do, that that gold miners, uh, first of all, there's not that many gold miners out there that he could even invest in. And second of all, that they're not going to be good investments. And third of all, that he and Charlie Munger are quickly are shortly going to be gone. We're, we're not talking about micro strategies having, you know, half a billion dollars. They have a hundred and forty billion dollars to protect. And if inflation becomes a real, real fear, he's going to have to put some in Bitcoin because there's just, I mean, you won't even be able to buy physical gold. I wouldn't want to have huge amounts of physical gold, which could be confiscated. But it's not, it's not even available to source, and no, and it's, it's just obsolete compared to Bitcoin. Uh, I can guarantee you, I'm going to say it right here, that some of that $140 billion is going to be in Bitcoin at some point 
in the coming years, just like some of Apple's $100 billion is going to be in Bitcoin and some of everybody's multi-billion dollars is going to be there. And so I just think that Warren Buffett, of all the people who has disparaged gold and talked about King Dollar and don't bet against the United States, is finally realizing at the end of his life that this whole Ponzi scheme is over and he better start thinking about protecting his money. Okay, so you, you're not too confident in the dollar either, but I, 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 and we're, we're going to get into that. Um, but uh, I'm not confident again for the dollar against real items of value. I, you saw my tweet, my tweet storm today. I don't care about the dollar index. I don't believe the dollar index could crash. You know, the whole thing, it's going to Peter Schiff, it's going to fall below 70 and 60 and 50. Cause that would, cause the whole, the dollar index is just the Euro. The dollar is not going to crash to oblivion against the Euro. The Euro will not be able to survive anything that causes that much damage to the dollar. The Euro is on the verge of breaking up to start with. So like I said today, you could have hyperinflation in the United States, like Zimbabwe, and still the dollar index could go up because things could be worse in, in Europe, especially if the euro collapses. So I don't care about the dollar index, but I do believe the dollar's value, its purchasing power against items of real value, be it gold or Bitcoin or consumer products, is going to keep crashing violently. All right. We, we got a question from LSG, Lightspeed Gallery. And I don't exactly understand. You might need to clarify it here, dude. You said Digibyte, question mark, with the hybrid gaming console, Otocrypt Miner. It's a, no, it's a altcoin. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 we know that, but he's, yeah. let's, let's see what did he, no KYC, no fiat on ramp, just buy something like a PlayStation to mine and spend in game. So you're saying that LSD, I, I'm trying to explain, I'm trying to understand what your question is. Do we, think it's cool to be able to mine something uh, with a simple miner like a PlayStation, even if that simple uh, miner mines something called Digibyte. Um, I mean, hey, look at with the Sun Exchange, you know, that thing that Max Geyser is talking about, you can mine Bitcoin with solar panels. Now, that's useful. Max is talking about that now? Yeah, it's his, the sponsor of his show now. You know, the Abe's been on this show plenty. I, I haven't talked to Abe for a while. Yeah. Um, that, wow, Mac, <laughs> that's well. that, maybe that's why Max is talking about, because he's the sponsor of his show, but yeah. okay, this Digibyte guy, uh, hang on, clarify what you exactly meant. If I, if I answered your question, like, great. I, I think it's great that altcoins can create a situation where they can be mined easily in a game. I think that's creative. I'm not into destroying altcoins. Uh, I, I think they should innovate on their own. I know a lot of people think it's, you know, they're, they should all be destroyed. Go ahead. Creative ways of uh, creative ways of mining. That that's yeah. cool. Well, I, I agree with you on on compete, don't complain. I mean, uh, I mean, you you know, you're free to do whatever you want. Look, if you can make money mining Digibyte off your game console, good for you. But you know, it, it's funny with me because everyone knows that I started out as I don't know, not the word maximalist, but that I was all in Bitcoin. Um, I, I followed the space just like anyone else. It's a, it's a long winding road going from when I started in 2013 to where I, where I am today. I had to learn and experiment and see things. And, um, you know, and where I am right now is, I mean, you know, it's pretty, I, I'm pretty clear about what I say is that uh, I believe that there is not a single altcoin. And, um, you know, maybe there will be someday, but I'm not going to spend any time worrying about it. Okay. Uh, LSG, thank you again for that. Uh, I hope, tell us if you, uh, thanks for the contribution to the show. And if, if you need any more elaboration, if I didn't properly answer the question, uh, do tell me. Now, Andy, one thing you didn't bring up in the uh, 2020 events uh, was uh, someone that's from Long Island, like you are. You've got a unique perspective on Dave Portnoy. Any, <laughs> any thoughts there? Yeah, that's funny. Well, you know, it's just a perfect example. Like when I think about him, I can't decide if I want to, you know, I, I if I want to show respect or disdain uh, because there's so much about what he does that I disapprove of the gambling and the cursing and the, you know, just the, the lack of analysis just kind of, and kind of in many ways being a hero of the stupid at the same time, he's accomplished amazing things and uh, and has a huge following so it just it's just a sign of the times because look i mean jim cramer used to be the hero of the stupid i mean he had more credibility because he was once at goldman sachs but you know he admitted to pretty much criminal things and he's lost people a lot of money because of his arrogance and ego uh but you know 
he was a genius and a scholar compared to what the world is now. People are following just, you know, the equivalent of trash. I'm sorry. That's how I view him. And, uh, and uh, I have, yeah, I think disdain is what, what comes over me. It's just sad that, you know, I'm a financial analyst, as, you know, a CFA. I have a 30 year career. No one cares about, you know, if I say intelligent things, they just want to hear, you know, memes and curses and, you know, it's just sad. It's just what the world's become. And, you know, you, you, you go with it. And frankly, when you just become uh, a Bitcoin hodler and you don't worry about the other stuff, it doesn't matter. It's just noise. So, so Portnoy has gone from sports to stocks to cryptocurrency. Uh, what is your take on the uh, it? That's how wild the stock bubble is now. What is your take on the stock bu bubble or if it is a bubble? Well, I don't think so much it's a bubble um, of sentiment. It's a bubble of Fed finance. I mean, if there's one thing that, you know, Peter Schiff has right and many others, uh, it's all about the money. And, you know, like Max Kaiser and others will talk about it. But I have too. if you look at the look at the tweet today from Plan B, where he shows the stock markets. I've been talking about these things for years. It's nothing new. Venezuela, Zimbabwe, Iran. Uh, you know, when you have hyperinflation, the stock market explodes. I mean, and, you know, to me, that's that's pretty much what we're seeing today. You know, you'll get bouts of FOMO uh, and despair if it goes down for a few days. But for the most part, the market is starting to price in the inflation that the Fed has been doing and is promising us. I mean, they doubled their balance sheet in six months. How could people not expect the stock market to go up? They promised just uh, last week when people say, oh, the Fed didn't, they disappointed, they didn't say much. No, they pretty much said they will keep interest rates at zero forever. But not like you needed to be a rocket scientist to know this. We're up to 27 trillion of debt. We'll shortly be at 30. We could be at 40 trillion next year. Uh, and you know, this is basically to me not a bubble. It's just a bubble. It's just a. Um, it's just a, a, this, the beginning of the end of the dollar. And that's why when I say that the sentiment in Bitcoin and gold is so weak, I couldn't. I couldn't be emphasize it more because if people were really, really uh, getting to the next phase of fear, you know, Bitcoin would be. 50,000 by now. And I do believe by this time next year, it will be a trillion dollar asset. Oh, there's a prediction there. People like people like to hear those words. They love to hear a, a trillion and uh, oh, that, that's that's clickbait right there. But you, and, you, I, and, you, I, and I think it will be accompanying much worse times. I mean, we look, the economy is getting worse, no matter how you slice it. They can say whatever they want in their you know, jobs reports, but everyone on the ground knows that the debt is exploding, the jobs are not there, the businesses are closing, and that the, the COVID is uh, is going to cause a dramatic change in, in consumer behaviors. At the same time, we're also gonna have more government stimulus, and wh whether it be the Democrats or the Republicans that win in November, and you know what? If the, if the Democrats do wind up winning, we're gonna go straight to full-blown uh, socialism beyond anything anyone has ever seen before, and that will rapidly uh, decline, uh, demand, uh, confidence in the dollar. So uh, that that brings up the topic of a uh, universal basic income. That uh, it's it's definitely on the table for uh, 2021. Uh, there was the the story. I I still I really like the story out of uh, eToro with their uh, what I talked about yesterday. What do they call it? Uh, eToro launches the good dollar, which is uh, is going to be uh, their own uh, their own UBI. So. Oh, it, per, perhaps it's just a part, but I I would rather I would rather cryptocurrencies uh, experiment with uh, with UBI and with uh, reparations than uh, the go the government jump in because uh, the government doing I mean I'm positioned very well if the, if the government does that but most people aren't going to like it if if the if the government uh, starts really turning up the print printing prices to a hyper speed. But uh, did you have any uh, a take on the uh, private UBI there from eToro? E yeah, well, I mean, if they call it, they can call it whatever they want. It's not UBI, it's the, it's just they're trying to gain market share. I mean, look, it would be no different than if, if look, Binance Coin, right? They're the biggest exchange. You know, they say, well, look, we're burning our Binance Coin to make it more valuable. But they could just as easily say, you know what? We're gonna give every new client 10 Binance coins. And why are they going to do it? Because they're going to trade like hell on all the other altcoins. And then you know what they could do? They could, the, if it gets more hype and the price goes up, well, now we're going to burn some more. So it's just really, it's just a marketing gimmick. They're just trying to get people to come to eToro. And we know eToro spends a lot of money on marketing because I probably see more eToro ads on YouTube than anything. 
Uh, they're, they're just constantly there. So they're trying. But if you're talking about actual UBI, um, it's a very dangerous concept because, well, first of all, it, I can only see that happening if the Democrats won. I cannot imagine uh, as, as, as liberal as they've gotten, I can't imagine a, a Republican administration outwardly calling for UBI. But if you do, all it is is just more money printing. I mean, I, I think the day they announced something like that, the dollar would dramatically crash and Bitcoin could double that day. So I don't even think it's feasible because I just think we're already at a point where the dollar is losing so much value. And if you you said it all at once, we're going to now permanently uh, disincentivize working and permanently turn up the printing presses. Um, I think that would be pretty much the end game of the dollar. So I just don't understand how that could possibly be. I think they got away with this first round because of the crisis situation. But it, I think even a second round would, would really hurt the dollar, let alone if they tried to actually say it's permanent. Well, they, they're they're getting close to doing a second round of checks. They're, they're going to. I mean, it's it's going to be election related. He, I mean, <laughs> well, yeah, you know, what it is that, you know, because the markets were going up, all of a sudden they stopped talking about it. Isn't that convenient? Like they were going to do it. And then we're in the stock bubble, which benefits like, you know, two percent of the population. But then all of a sudden, oh, no, we're not going to do it. But you watch the market keeps going down a little bit, especially ahead of the election. And what do you know? They'll be on the table talking about it again, because oh, yeah. that's all they care about is the stock market. That's all. Oh, and we're and just vote, voters are going to be if all of a sudden you get a twelve hundred dollar check in October, you're more likely to vote for the person you think gave you the check. Um, it's so if yeah. They, well, who, then, who, who knows how how it can be twisted? Again, if uh, I I already spent that check uh, when when all this started back in uh in, on March and and we had that huge dip. I knew there were going to be numerous checks, and I just I spent that fiat. Before I even uh, even got the check in the mail on that Bitcoin, so ditto uh, here, ditto here. Uh, all right, uh, let me see if there are questions. All right, now there's no no one's typing in Bitcoin Meister or or uh, or, or doing the uh, the super chat as I that thus I can't see any uh, anything. I see a lot of people are talking over there. All right then. Uh, so again, we're getting we're getting close to the end of the show though. No, and you guys are gonna ask me questions too. We'll give you a little bit more time. I'll ask Andy about. Uh, all right, so I mean, you 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 think the the mentality of the United States of America, even if uh, even if if uh, if the current president loses, you think we'll still be in a a panic situation uh, in in, uh, in 2021? I think it's just you know, have you seen or or read Atlas Shrugged? I I gotta I gotta read the whole thing. I'm planning yeah. on reading it. I have not read, so don't give it away. But uh, wait, you've read you've read the entire thing? It's a long book. It's an amazing book. And also they made uh, three movies out of it if you if you choose to watch instead of read. But, you know, to me, it's what we're seeing in this country and what the, what that book is about is essentially what we what we're seeing in the United States. It's uh, it's almost like Anne Rand knew way back when when she was uh, the, the teacher of Alan Greenspan, what was going to happen way before we even got off the gold standard, because it's just playing out in real time. The, the financial situations, which is now bleeding over to monetary and social and political, is all coming to a head because of the bad money. And, uh, you know, it's it's hurting industry. It's it's hurting savings. And people are starting to wake up to it. So it's, you know, it's happening on a worldwide basis. But America has the most to lose because it's benefited so much and lives so far behind its means because of the uh, World Reserve's uh, currency status it was given. So... Yeah, I am. I am far more optimistic about the future because of Bitcoin. Because when I was a, a I, and I was never a quote gold bug, I just believed gold would be a better investment. But when I was in that world, I was terrified for the world because I just didn't see how we would get through the fiat crisis uh, and come out the other side. Now, at least, I see that Bitcoin is here, and Bitcoin is something that can unify the world and bring it to to a new level of growth. Uh, but we do have to have the pain and the pain is going to be terrible and you're already starting to see it now and it's going to get a lot worse. Oh, what Rand talks about a lot is, you know, the producers versus the uh, not so productive, the, the leeches. And That's right. right now you just said, uh, you know, UBI uh, incentivizes people not to work. And, and we're looks like we're going in the direction of more and more incentives not to work. We have more and more people complaining, more, more and more envy. And it, it seems like there's fewer people who are in motion. Uh, do you, 
I, I'm seeing this as a positive. Like there's less competition out there. If you are truly in motion now, if you're truly a producer, you've got a unique opportunity to become quite wealthy. Um, I, I don't know if you agree with that, but. Uh, well, there's, a, there's always an opportunity to become wealthy. The problem is that government is growing so large right now that it's making it more difficult. Like, you know, you, you talk, you see these like regulations they want to have in California, 4%, uh, 0.4% wealth tax, New Jersey also, these kind of things. That That's exactly what they're talking about, Atlas Shrugs. It drives industrialists and millionaires out of California, which, by the way, is where the biggest amount, and New York, which is where most of the production has come from. That's the problem when the when the government gets too big. And that's that's the direction we're going. So of course there's always opportunities to be a doer. And, and there's and there's no place where there's more doers right now than the Bitcoin community. Those people will get wealthy because they've they've found their Galt's Gulch, a place where they can be productive and get paid for it. But you know what? They're not getting paid by the government. They're getting paid by the Bitcoin community. All right. Pound that like button, everybody. All right. We do have questions. From the audience, they're about they're they're basically about the same thing about uh, B rhodium, and uh, one says, "What happened to MWC and B rhodium?" Uh, the other one is a, a weird one. Tell Andy to look at the price of YFI. It's thirty five thousand dollars. Is that the price? <laughs> he, is that the price he wishes B rhodium was at, dude? I think you're a little far. You're behind the times there, Lele. You're a little bit behind Holy the times. And, and yeah. I mean, you're you're talking about a, a, a I mean. Have you been paying attention to this show at all? We we really don't have that high opinion. We've said the DeFi thing is kind of I well, mean, yeah. It's kind of a joke. YFI, but, YFI is that yearn, the yeah. one that's twenty thousand dollars because they have like no supply, and it's it's just it, it's just another you know junky DeFi that'll be yeah. worthless, you know. And as for B Rodium, it's so funny. Everyone's like Andy loves B Rodium. It's like no, I liked it back then, way back when when it was free. I talked about it when it was worthless. It actually got to a pretty high valuation. The people behind it are very smart, good people, well-meaning, uh, but it failed, and it failed for the reason. This is the kind of thing that you, you know, you you follow. You follow crypto; it's brand new, and you see how it works out. It's just the kind of thing where you can't compete with Bitcoin as a currency. There's no, there's no. I mean, look, I left Litecoin a long time ago. In fact, I left Litecoin. I had a little position the day that Segwit locked in on Bitcoin, because then I said, well what's the point anymore? Um, and you're going to get crypto dividends on Bitcoin and it's a much bigger network. So what's the point? And then when you look at like a B Rhodium or B Gold or B Diamond or any of these things, they're just tiny things. And, you know, the hash rate dwindles and eventually they die. Um, but that was a long time ago. And I told people when I left that, uh, you know, I, it was no big deal. It was a long time ago. And I never said it's going to take over for Bitcoin. I just I believed in it and then I stopped believing it. Well, here's a you know the question: yeah. What happened to MWC and B Rhodium? I think uh, the the correct answer is the same exact thing that's going to happen to YFI. <laughs> yeah, and I, I mean you know to say what what happened to MWC? Um, I mean, has there been anyone on the planet who's been more vocal on the way up and down about MWC? I mean, I talk, I still talk about it. I'm still trying to get people to leave and to and get money out. I probably I probably made more money for people with with MWC. Then 99% of all the people in the altcoin world, uh, every, anyone who got it, got it for free or bought it for nothing. And everyone has sold it for windfall profit. And I've been very, very emphatically helping people to sell it. So I'm not sure what the problem is. It became, you know, it was a great idea. The, the, the guy who started, great guy, had a great idea. By the way, he's a major Bitcoin holder and believer. Uh, but the, in the process of trying, one Mimblewimble kind of lost its use case. Uh, you can see how Beam and Grin are doing. And at the same time, this big Wall Street guy came in and tried to take over the coin. He bought all the supply, he took over the mining, the marketing, and he just basically blew 3,000, 3,500 Bitcoin that went into the hands of, of Bitcoin holders. Good for them. It was a nice try, but I have no, no love lost for uh, for that guy. He just gave us some Bitcoin. So, so, um, uh, and by the way, you can clarify for everyone, that guy is not Trace Mayer. No, it's funny. I'd love to know what his connection is because, you know, you know, Trace left uh, Twitter literally the day after he uh, was pumping it at the conference in Vegas. And uh, he never was heard from again. So who knows where he is or what he's doing. But uh, I, am nine, I am quite sure that Airdrop Luigi is not Trace Mayer, but I'm pretty sure they collaborated because it's not a coincidence that they listed on Bitforex like the day that Trace was at that conference and it got pumped up. So there was some collusion, but I'm pretty sure that that Trace had nothing to do with it other than being a smart Bitcoiner who made a huge amount from it, I'm sure. 
Now, okay, we, we got a, a question here. The person yes. types in Bitcoin Meister. He says, then why was he, I, meaning you, relentlessly shilling it to his followers? Well, if you're talking about MWC, he it was, was free. marketing team. He was paid. He was, he, there was nothing hidden there. And <laughs> was part of the MWC marketing team. That was his job, J-O-B there. So, um, and it was, uh, and, you know, again, it's not even a matter of pay. I volunteered to help market it and said, I am on the MWC team helping to market it. Uh, and I know I wasn't paid anything. I got it for free. <laughs> and the only times that I ever talked about buying it was when it was at 0.0001 or 0.0002 or under. Once it pumped, I said, and I saw what was going on, I said, everyone should sell it. So not a single person really has lost a penny. Everyone has made money from it. And I've made it clear over and over again that, uh, I mean, I'm not even sure why, why we're talking about it because I've tweeted so much about it. I made people a lot of money with MWC helping to market. That's it. Yeah. Crypto dividends, baby. Get them for free. Get them for free. That is the key. That's my slogan. Every everybody always knows is you know why buy anything that you get for free, baby. Keep on uh, collect. Hopefully, we'll have some more of them one of these days. Uh, uh, all right. Any uh, any closing thoughts here as you approach fifty years of age? It's it's getting closer. It's getting no, closer. just that. I mean, uh, it's been a, a, a long road, not just in. Hang on, it's still going. It's still going. Hang on. Oh, keep going. Keep okay. going. Let's see if let's see if they can see us. Let's see if they can see us. Yeah, no, no. I think, uh, guys, can you still uh, see us there? Uh, oh, let me. Yeah, I guess. Uh, keep on talking, Andy. Yeah, because I got to run in a minute. Uh, just that it's been a long. My career has been thirty years long. Uh, my 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 journey in in as I call it the quest to sound money has been almost twenty years now. I've learned a lot watching how things have changed in the world, being in the precious metals community, the crypto community. And what it comes down to now is that the world is changing rapidly the uh, in every way, political, social, financial. And I think we are more rapidly than people can possibly imagine heading to a digital age where Bitcoin is a major, major player uh, financially and politically. And I'm looking forward to it because I don't think it's years away now. I think it's very, very soon and it's very exciting. And I appreciate uh, the Bitcoin community uh, and I appreciate all the help that you've given me and our, our, our partnership in this because it, it really has helped. Excellent. Good way. Good way to end it, dude. Well, happy 50th birthday. Keep on holding Bitcoin for 50 more years, baby. Strong freaking hand. Um, and who knows? Uh, maybe Warren Buffett will still be around in 50 years. Yeah. Hey, man, that, he, he keeps on going. If his partner's 97 or 96, maybe life, uh, life extension technology. He should invest in that. All right, dudes. Tomorrow, we'll be back 2 p.m. this week in Bitcoin. Thank you very much, Andy Hoffman. Thank you very much, everybody. Uh, remember, new show every day. Pound that like button. Retweet this, dudes. And I am out of here. See you guys. Thanks, Andy. Bye-bye. All right. And